Welcome to We Go There. I'm Lexi. And I'm Nikki. And our favorite conversations are when someone starts by saying, this might be TMI, but... But hey, we go there. Because there's no such thing as having too much information when it comes to your health and wellness. We dive deep into topics, interview experts, and get answers you need. Because knowledge is power. And feeling empowered is what we're all about. So let's go there. This is going to be a heavy conversation, um, and I want to set the stage. So the last episode we did was when you were pregnant with twins, and there was a lot of talk about hope of things going a certain way. For context, for people who don't know, you now have four children, four and under four, four and four, four, four and under. Yes, thank you. Four, four and under. Yes. Yes. And um, you, prior to this, have had two very uncomplicated, unmedicated vaginal deliveries. And all of a sudden you go for number three. Okay. It's twins. And even still with twins, you're very, you were a very good candidate for a twin vaginal delivery. The heads were down, good positions, all this stuff. So that's not what happened. No, (laughs) very much not. Not what happened. And you're now almost two months postpartum. The twins are two months old. And this is the first time you're really talking about what happened. Yeah. And I also, I felt, I feel nervous. I felt nervous this morning. And I think it's more speaking about it with you because you get it all on a deeper level. I'm going to get emotional now. You get it all on a deeper level than most. Like you understand so much about labor and delivery and you've had beautiful laboring experiences and how empowering that is. Mm -hmm. And, um, I truly believed that was going to be my experience. And we actually following that recording, I don't know if you remember, um, the last one that we did talking about what my experience was going to be like, we talked about, and you said to me, and I felt the same, like, I usually am a good read on this. And I feel really good about Mm -hmm. this experience that you're going to have. And I truly felt the same thing. Yeah. And I want to preface all of this by saying that I am, a, and this is going to rattle some people and we talked about it as well, but this is my beliefs. Like I truly believe that if something lands on your plate, you've ordered it. And, um, eventually, you know, you see, you know, connect the dots by looking back and eventually you see like why this has happened to you. And again, I know that's very hard for people to, come to, uh, appreciate. And I am taking a lot of time now to understand that. And I think that why I'm nervous today is I really want to use my experience as a way to help others. And especially others like who've had traumatic experiences, but are really strong women. And we're all really strong women. (laughs) Everyone listening to this is, you know, stronger than they even know. And I want it to empower others because I'm really strong. Like I'm resilient and like I am a very logical person. I can compartmentalize things really well and move on. And this like rattled me a lot. And and so I I want to use it for that. And I think that I'm starting to recognize why my experience was as it was. And also there were a lot of things that worked really in our favor and why we have two beautiful babies here today um, that are healthy and thriving. And I'm so grateful for that. You're shaking. I know. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know. I've never you. been this like. I just noticed your hands shaking. I just worked up about it. It's okay. It's and I've told the story, mm-hmm. but it's different. This is different. Well, you're telling it to more people now too, right? Yeah, and I really do want it to. I want it to have a really strong purpose because, um, I mean. Violet one day I can tell her like how many how her story of yeah. arrival like has changed and helped people and that's pretty that would be really really beautiful this episode of the we go there podcast is brought to you by the bell method a fitness company that blends pilates with pelvic health creating choreography from science you might feel overwhelmed at all the abs after baby programs promising to make you bounce back after birth Or maybe you're feeling unsure of how to exercise in pregnancy and prepare your body for delivery. It can be tough to navigate what information is credible and evidence-based. Women deserve better. I created all of our programs with the guidance of pelvic health physiotherapists, and we continue to evolve our programming to stay current with the latest research. At The Bell Method, we ditch guilt and bring balance to our bodies with programs designed to fit your life stage. We'll help you reduce incontinence, diastasis recti, and prolapse so you feel strong, confident, and empowered throughout pregnancy, postpartum, and beyond. I invite you to enjoy 10% off your first class session with the code WEGOTHERE10. Visit www.thebellmethod.com for more. So, oh my gosh. I'm getting shivers. There's so much to say here. So just for context, people are kind of like, well, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> um, you had a vaginal delivery with twin A, who's your baby boy, Nash, and twin B, Violent, was an emergency cesarean. And the reason that happened was you had a very rare complication called the bandle ring, which is when your uterus basically starts contracting. Um, in the middle. So before say your uterus was a, a circle, the, the middle of the uterus starts to contract. It turns into like this peanut shape mm-hmm. separating the top and the bottom of the uterus. So Violet was stuck in the top of the uterus. So stuck. Um, so Nash was born. I, you know, got to the hospital. Everything was moving very quickly as most of my labor, all of my labors have like incredibly quick. And um I was, I think I arrived around 3.30 and by six in the morning, before six in the morning, I was fully dilated and ready to go. Nash, I didn't actually realize it, but his heart rate had completely dropped and I think they lost it for a while um, and quickly got me in the OR, got me in the stirrups, which was a surprise to me. I didn't know that I was going to have to deliver baby, like twin A in stirrups. and pushed him out. Thankfully, one push. Hashtag dominant push rep course. <laughs> I love but you. like beautifully, like it was a it was such a beautiful experience to me. I remember more. I don't know if you recognize like each labor I find or delivery of your babies. I find you're more and more present. And so with Nash, like yeah, totally. I really remember like the push, him arriving and coming up on my chest. Like I had no idea there, it was an emergency at all, but they had already called peds and, um, and someone else to help. Uh, and because his heart rate, they expected him to come out in war in bad condition and he was fine. So came out, started breathing and everything was good. Came on my chest, all so beautiful. So at that point I was like, 
flying high. I'm like, this is exactly, Mm -hmm. this is how I saw it. Like it's all coming through. And I quickly was like, okay, now I need to ground myself, like start really think, you know, Violet, you're ready. Like you're going to drop. And that was the whole key is like twin B needed to drop. She was in perfect position for, um, a vaginal delivery, but she had to drop. And so I was just like closing my eyes and gnash on me. He started feeding. So I'd keep contracting. He latched, like it was all just like, Oh, so perfect. Right. And the OB. So for anyone who doesn't know, and I would have no idea about this prior to being pregnant with twins, but for twin B, they get right up there. So like immediately one baby hand in the hand, making a hand gesture. Oh yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Hand insert into vagina all the way. Um, this went on for me for, uh, I think 50 minutes, five zero. Yes. Oh, Lexi. And you're holding and nursing another newborn at the same time. Yeah. And the crazy thing is I, I said to Adam, I thought it was 15 minutes. Wow. Like I had no concept. And I think because of which I'll get into like the drugs that they gave me after I had no concept of timing whatsoever. Um, and I also was just in this zone of like, really, she's going to drop. Mm-hmm. She needs a few more minutes. She's going to drop. She needs more, a little more time. She's going to drop. Um, so within this time frame, they decided to give me oxytocin to help me to contract more. And the OB's up in there trying to like, see if she could turn her, see if she's descending, the umbilical cord was coming down several times that she had to push back up. Um, so that was going on and that was concerning, I guess, to her. And then she, uh, and she started descending a little bit. They gave me oxytocin and then I over-contracted. Like I literally was stuck in a contraction. They gave me this spray in my mouth. I don't know. Like this is just, this is where it all just escalated, escalated, escalated. They gave me the spray to stop the contractions uh, or lessen them, I should say. And then, uh, and they had put by this time a monitor on her head to continue to track. This was at the time where they noticed the bandle ring and it kept getting tighter and tighter and tighter. The longer time was passing Mm -hmm. to the point my OB, like it was gripping around her arm when she was inside me. Um, And I didn't realize Violet's heart rate had dropped significantly, um, but I guess it had. I thought it was a time time issue, meaning they just weren't going to give it more time for her to drop. So I have my midwife there and I had my OB, thankfully, at both. Not my OB, uh, OB, I just left. <laughs> on call, someone on, on call. call. Yeah. <laughs> um, who was amazing. Who was amazing. And we have to have her on the podcast. Yes, side we note. do, okay. we do. Um, and I looked up at my midwife and I had tears in my eyes and I knew it was coming close to this is where the direction they were going to go. And I was going to have a C-section. I just had like tears in my eyes. And I was like, please, can we just have more time? I just need more time. I know she's going to drop. I know it. And she's like, Lexi, we can't. We don't have more time. And again, I had no idea her heart rate had had plummeted. And so, or the bandle ring. Mm-hmm. And so immediately they recognized that this was probably a bandle ring. My OB has never experienced a bandle ring. Um, and went to emergency C-section. And so for context, a bandle ring is super rare. So I was 5%, I think? 0.2%. Oh, God. I was oh looking this up before. So I counted less. One in 5,000. Wow. I didn't even realize that. And wow. You, we talked about this before. 
it is associated with an over 50% infant mortality rate. So just for people to understand like the severity of what this is, this is a rare complication that the majority of obese have never seen, right? And babies die from it all the time. Yeah. And I had no idea. Yeah. And I had no idea at the time the how serious the situation was. Um, I didn't know how many people at that time were already in the OR. Um, thankfully, again, when you look at and my beliefs of like things work in your way for a reason. And um, I was right at a shift change. And so I had actually two anesthesiologists. I had two OBs in the room, which they actually needed because um, Violet could not be delivered by one OB. Mm-hmm. She, they couldn't get her out. Um, it all like, re- like really aligned that that was the time that I actually went into labor because they needed all that support. And the anesthesiologist, I had a junior one and I had the senior one who had just joined in. Mm-hmm. And when they went to do the C-section, they always, you know, it's an emergency, but they quickly tap you. Can you feel this? And I said, yes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> They're like, you can feel this. And I said, yes. And cut. So I felt everything. So all of a sudden they cut and I say, I can, I can feel it. And I'd just been strapped down, which also is a very, you were strapped to the bed. Oh yeah. You get, stra- your arms are strapped down. What? Yes. Yes. Oh, I don't know. I did, I'm like, I, wanna- I don't know if it's just emergency because maybe I, I don't know if it's panic, but I had my arms strapped. So it was like Fuck. quickly. So this was how one day I'm like Nash is on my chest feeding emergency C-section. My midwife takes the baby, takes the baby to nurses, grab my arms, strap me down. Oh my God. And I'm looking at my midwife. I was like, no, please, 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 please. I really just five more minutes, five more minutes, like panicking. And then trying and then trying to center myself like it's like this is how it's supposed to be you know like just back and forth two minds really and then asking me if I can feel it and then I feel everything and I'm like looking at my midwife and I'm like I can feel it I can feel it and they're like she can feel it she can feel it and the anesthesiologist I guess Adam witnessed quickly before he was then exited out of the room the one was like we need to put her under general and that was a junior one. And there she was prepping general. And then the senior was like, no, I ha- I know I can do this with this other drug. And so they quickly put something on my face. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that was a drug or oxygen. <laughs> I have no idea. But something went on my face. That's the last thing I remember. And apparently this drug is like, all I describe it as is like men in black. It's like a full mind eraser. <laughs> it's like, boop. <laughs> You gotta laugh. Well, I'm I'm gonna cry. Cry. Oh, it is. No, I'm gonna cry or laugh. What's it gonna be? I'm gonna choose. Cry. I'm gonna choose laughing, but I do want to cry at the same time. Like seriously, it is. And Adam and I go back and forth because he he witnessed so much, and it was so traumatic for him for so many other reasons. And then I don't remember a lot, which is also very traumatic, right? Um, and so it's he's like. Yeah, it, it, it's a men in black mind eraser. So I got given that, which is. 
<laughs> awesome. Awesome. So yeah, that exists. I don't know. I mean, I think people would like to have that for other reasons, mm-hmm. like forget things. <laughs> they just do not want to remember. Uh, and, he, and, and then Adam was quickly escorted out of the room. Like they were like, you need to leave. And thankfully I had two midwives there. One went out with him and was trying to like yeah. walk him through and he had Nash in his arms. I just need to preface this by saying crazy, but the night before, right, the night I went into labor, so that night, we went to bed and Adam had, could not sleep. He had crazy anxiety about me mm-hmm. in a laboring experience and like something terrible happening to wow. me. And then all of a sudden, like he's outside the door and having this, not knowing at all what is happening, like both to me and to the baby. And so... So emergency section. So I'm out. So now I can't feel anything, you know, thankfully. Uh, and again, two OBs are there and it, they had to do a T incision because she was so stuck. They could not, they could not get her out because the bandle ring. Um, one of the OBs is trying to like maneuver her. The other one's trying to do something else. Then her head was stuck. Uh, ultimately it took both OBs and there was a third one who came in at, at, at one point as well to assist, um, both OBs to pull her out foot feet first. And she came out flatlined and Adam's still outside. I think they brought him in shortly after this, there was a miscommunication in the OR and he should never have been escorted out. And one of the OBs came out and was like, he needs to be in here. Why is he out there? He has to be there for the wife and the babies now out and Mm -hmm. all of these things. Peds was in there. He walked in and everyone grabbed him and was like trying to walk him through. He came into Violet being resuscitated. resuscitated. Um, Peds walking him through the anesthesiologist telling him what was going on with me. And I'm kind of like, they're like, (laughs) Looking, looking sexy. I, I'm sure I was so hot. <laughs> you just cut open, strap down on the table. The, the strapping down. I know. I know. And so they ended up having to do a T incision in my uterus to get her out, um, which basically means in the dog, do- my OB was really, she was really happy to hear I was not having, planning on having any other kids after this because uh, it just means you likely it's a harder, you know, carrying experience. And then also immediate C-section, obviously. Uh, And so, so I came to and Adam was holding Violet and my midwife's holding Nash and I kind of am groggy, but they're both here. Violet was kind of having some breathing things, but they told me everything was fine. She came over on my chest and my OB is sewing me up and everything seems fine, except for obviously I'm still in my mind, only dealing with the fact that this ended up in a C-section and I really thought it was going to be two vaginal labors. I really didn't understand the severity of the situation. And all of a sudden I was all sewed up and the OB turns to her team. She's like, congratulations, everyone. We just saved a baby's life. Great work. Mm. Wow. And I like, what did, what happened? Like, what did, like, what did you think in that moment? I just broke down. Like I had no, I didn't understand any, like I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I felt so out of control because I looked at Adam and his eyes, like he was just like, what the fuck? Like Mm -hmm. he didn't, he didn't know what just happened. And 
Uh, he's like, oh, t- don't worry, we'll go through it. And my midwife, like, I'm just so happy she, like, they were there because she just is like, it's okay, they're here. And, like, I know. And I was like, I don't understand. I, and I'm just holding Violet, like, what happened to you? Mm-hmm. So it was just try like I and I didn't have any concept of how much time had gone by and then they told me it had been an hour between birth times and all of it is just that moment I just was so hopped up in drugs and trying to process like a little even like bit of it so yeah anyways like it's every I look back and I think and I mentioned this to you at the beginning is, you know, my experience was, is, was traumatic for a number of reasons. And I've, I think I'm good at dealing with things like this, not this, cause I've never dealt with anything like this, but I consider myself, like I said, a strong person. Um, but it like really shook me for a while and postpartum was really, I had blood pressure issues. Like I had a lot of things that came after this and it's, I say it's the hardest thing I've ever now overcome like to date in my life. Lexi here. Okay. So let's shift to another under the radar, not so hot topic for a minute, body hair. Everyone's got it, but a lot of us want to live smoother. Am I right? 10 years ago, I started Wax On Laser and Wax Bar. Wax On isn't just any waxing and laser hair removal bar. We are the industry leader creating a safe space that inspires people to live confidently in their own skin. Over the years, we've developed trust. Trust that you know you're getting the best quality and comfortable experience every single time. Whatever you come to Wax On for, it's going to be awesome. We've created our own exclusive gold wax formula that's like no other. It's as pain-free and long-lasting as it gets, perfect for all your waxing needs. At WaxOn, we've invested in top-the-line laser technology that's effective on virtually any hair and skin tone for effective results on every body. Seriously. And we carry a carefully curated collection of products. Some we make ourselves, locally I might add, and some are from brands we've fallen in love with that adhere to our values and standards of clean, good-for-you, and female-founded. If you haven't experienced Wax On, I invite you to enjoy 20% off your first service with code WEGOTHERE. Visit waxon.ca or download the mobile app to book in with code WEGOTHERE because there is such a thing as a better hair removal experience to help you live smoother. And you were saying before this conversation, you know, about resiliency and anyone who knows you knows that like for context, <laughs> again, studying a little bit of background information. You had your second baby, Clark, like in literally three days later or whatever, it's the pandemic of 2020. And you have all these like wax on locations for your wax and laser bar. And it's just like, like you had to shut them all down. Yeah. So you're like, you have a newborn and you're also like the owner of like this massive business and, and you're being asked to like step up and be a leader and like navigate a global pandemic and the impact it's going to have on your franchisees. Like that was fucking hard. Just that. And, you know, and, and we were like, you're going to get a W you're going to get a (laughs) You deserve one. Let's have some twins. Let's make it be uncomplicated. Let's make, you know, and then you get a very different experience. And with Piper, I was raising money for wax on, I was having literally 
uh, call with my lawyer in the labor and delivery room. And then right after she was born, was in a room two weeks later with four men for four hours negotiating terms. Oh, my God. And my boobs exploding. Like, I had I had, had two, what I thought, postpartum experiences that were were really I dealt with a lot like, and the COVID was next level. And so everyone was like, I think the twins is your thing this time. Like you're having twins. Like that is a lot. I'm like, yeah, that's gotta be the thing. But then those, those previous experiences, when you compare, and this is really, we're going to talk about this in a sequel to this episode Mm -hmm. regarding like, you know, you've literally had three vaginal deliveries and all of a sudden, like number four is a cesarean and you were blindsided by the differences in that recovery journey, which again, there's so much to say so on much. that. We're going to have a whole separate yes. episode on the C-section recovery, but let's kind of talk a little bit more about like the trauma piece, because you and I have interviewed trauma mm-hmm. counselors. We actually have another, this is something we've talked about before and you and I have never really experienced birth trauma in those conversations. And now, you know, you, you've lived it. And so what is it that you now, like, do you think of those conversations differently? Do you think about being able to, to relate more to other people who've experienced this kind of, this kind of experience? Yeah. And I, I think I've thought a lot about it and I think, you know, as women, we go back into our lives after having babies and we have, like, we put ourselves last, right? And I have two other toddlers <laughs> at home. So a four-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old to go and show up for. And you just had this experience. And I know as women, like, we hold ourselves to this level at all times and and I believe, and through our interviews that we've had, and it's been so helpful because I actually have this knowledge going into it and now having experienced trauma, is that anything that's not equal to the experience that you expected to have, in some level, you're experiencing trauma because you're expecting one thing and the outcome is different and sometimes very different. I also have now, you know, had the privilege of people confiding in me and their stories that they've had mm-hmm. that are so much worse, quote unquote, like you, you, and I don't think as women, we need to be comparing one experience to the next. And that's oftentimes, I believe what we do to lessen the experience that we had to try and make us feel better about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I I can certainly speak to that in the fertility world where right. it's like, how many rounds of IVF did you do? Oh, only one. Like your experience isn't as bad as mine. I did five. Exactly. You know, or whatever. And and same, like I sit there with friends of mine who are going through fertility challenges and I have four beautiful children sitting there right in front of me and I'm so blessed. But that doesn't lessen experiences that we've had. And that takes a lot. It's taken a lot for me to continue to go back to because I hear stories and I have a friend who has twins and her twins were in the NICU after they were born. Mm-hmm. She had such a challenge going through her laboring or her pregnancy I'm like, oh my God, like you are such a badass. You are so superwoman. And people are calling me a superwoman. I'm like, no, I'm I'm like a fraud compared to half of these people. Mm-hmm. But everyone's experience matters. And I think that's really something I've taken away from the interviews that we've done. And that you need to treat 
yourself with the compassion and also whatever you need to get through it. We were talking about like just having some outlet, whatever it is for you. Adam and I sat on our porch and like bawled our eyes out afterwards. <laughs> Sorry, babe. <laughs> but it's need, this is this is I'm glad you brought that up because you even said before this, before we started recording, you have a tendency to sort of push it down mm-hmm. and just be like, well, at least, you know, it's the classic, well, at least I have my healthy babies and I'm fine. And you just, you know, keep calm and carry on hashtag whatever, yes. you know, and that's just what that's sort of your MO. And it's that always, was my instinct coming into this. Yeah. And and you're like, nope, it's not that bad. I've got my babies and I'll be fine. And, you know, it all worked out. But then what happens is that you never really validate yourself and validate your own experience. And we talked about this idea that trauma can manifest itself and kind of show up in your life in other ways. One of the things, and this is completely anecdotal, but one of the things I have noticed in my role as a, you know, Pilates instructor, movement, movement instructor over the last 15 years is that anyone who's gone through a traumatic experience, and it could be really fertility, could be miscarriage, it could be related to birth, labor, pregnancy, loss, it can make you doubt your body. Yeah. And if you then all of a sudden, like, you know, there's nothing we could have done to predict a bandal ring. It's something your body did something that was rare and abnormal. I hate to use that word, but it's, I don't know if you're comfortable with me no, saying absolutely. that. And, and, you know, you couldn't have prevented it. Yeah. You couldn't have predicted it. It, it fucking happened. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a whole, that, that started this cascade of all these other things that had to happen to save, you know, your baby's life and likely, you know, your health as well was really implicated. But then if you kind of just brush that aside and don't deal with that and like really kind of come to terms with what happened. And I don't, I'm not an expert clearly about how to do that, but I do know that it can show up in how you view your body Mm -hmm. or how confident you feel in other areas of your life. Right. Like even starting exercise again, there's a lot of that, like, well, my body's something's inherently flawed in my deep system. My body didn't do what it was quote unquote supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And now I don't feel confident, you know, in a Pilates class or going for a run or, you know, in sex or in any other area of your body that requires some aspect of physicality. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I also totally agree in it coming out in different ways. And for me, one week postpartum, it was following the first time I'd ever rehashed the experience with my best friend. She came over and I just told her what happened. I hadn't, I'd kept like mute. I I messaged you like bits and pieces of it. It was that whole process when everyone wants to know how you're doing and you can't even put into words what just went on. Um, Also, I didn't remember a lot of it. So, but, so I'm rehashing it with her. And then thankfully my midwife came over and right before she came over, I was looking through pictures that my other midwife had taken during the delivery. And I'm so grateful she did because there's parts of it I genuinely don't remember. And I had just looked at those for the first time and I was hysterical. This was also following both my kids, getting ready them, them ready for soccer, sending them off. They'd just come back. The house is chaos. Like all the things are happening at the same time. And my midwife shows up because I had both and takes my blood pressure. And it is like through the roof. Like I am a 
what is it? Nine, 60 over 90 is 90, 90 over 60. Well, yeah. Like constant. It's like a joke that she takes my blood pressure usually because it's always consistent. And I was 160 over 90. Oh my gosh. And this is like another thing that has just come to light for me is the care that mm-hmm. mothers need postpartum and go unnoticed. It's as simple as like, get yourself a $20 like blood pressure pump, like after like blood pressure band because, and just take it afterwards because that alone, if she had not showed up, if I did not have midwife support and I just continued at the level that I was at having had trauma and then caring for four kids now with an amazing supportive husband, like I have support and nanny and mother-in-law there, like all the things. And still I was at risk. Like I was almost rushed back to emerge that same day. So it's just the trauma can come up in so many ways, but even not having a traumatic experience and just going back after surgery, such as a C-section and trying to operate at the level that we as women believe we should because this is you know oh it's also the expectation and right? the expectation like people it's funny like i have this on my con my my private form where it's like a private client you know health history form and i'm like have you had any surgeries and for the longest time they'd be like no no surgeries and then in a conversation right. i'd be like have you had any cesarean bursts and they're like oh yeah three and i'm like okay so i had to change the form and say have you had any surgeries example cesarean because people don't think of it as a surgery they think of it you know and i'm like no no it's a major thing and yet at what other scenario we've talked about this before do you go have a surgery and then go home and don't sleep and have to take care of and walk around and deal with like feeding little tiny humans exactly (laughs) exactly like i thought about that so many times because you've told me that before and i've thought about that so many times and it's it's just beyond. And it because I've been open about my experience, I've had so many people reach out about theirs. And I am shocked by the lack of discussion. And it just goes back to and and knowledge about this. Me coming home and being someone who's very educated in this area, thanks to the thanks to this podcast and you and all of it. I have unlimited resources that I could be accessing. And I was like, oh my God, what do I do? Mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. I just had surgery they're telling me like not to move around I don't really know how I'm gonna do that <laughs> like don't do the stairs my bedroom's on the third floor <laughs> <laughs> like I just don't know and I felt lost so it's and and thankfully I've I've found my way and I'm going to share a lot of the things that I've done in in this other discussion that we'll have but um yeah I just uh, sympathize with so many women out there and who still now are suffering from like post C-section pain and discomfort after like two years of the surgery too. So yeah. Thank you for for talking about, there's so much we can debrief about, but I definitely, definitely thank you because I know it's emotional to, to talk about it, but do you believe that it's healing to talk about it? I do. Yeah. I think it's really healing talking about it with you too. Anyone should just talk to Nikki. (laughs) I do. And I'm and I'm happy to share it. I really wanted to do a good job on this one. 
like I really wanted to a do good a good job. I did. I wanted to come on and really do a good job because I, I just want it to be, I want this all to be helpful. So I think anyone listening to this who's experienced trauma as well. And also maybe we can wrap up with this. What would you say? So like, you know, let me, re- let me think of how to phrase this question, but what would you say to someone who is a friend of someone? Like, how could people have really supported you well? Like, we're talking not maybe your best friend, but like, you know, mm. more distant friends. What was, because you, you mentioned that people were like, how did it go? The twins are here. And they kind of were like maybe peppering you a little bit and you you didn't feel prepared to answer their questions maybe. So what mm. do you think the best thing is that you, someone can do for someone who may have had a bit of a a traumatic experience with their birth. I mean, I think you posted something recently about like the showing up after you have a baby and the boundaries mm -hmm, and the boundaries. Um, I really needed space. I like, I get emotional thinking about it. Like I really was in a bad head space. So I didn't want to talk about it at all. Um, so I think, ju- and my friends were amazing in respecting that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what I would have done differently is had Adam even more involved in just re- in even reaching out to people, because that's how like bouncing, little, yeah, kind like of. just being like a yeah, being like a bouncer for me, <laughs> of reaching out and 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 saying this was really hard and and Lexi just needs some space, but everyone's great. And then as I wanted to, I reached out because even the pressure for me being like a, a, a perfectionist, I strive to just, I'm a people pleaser as well that I am trying to recover from. And so wanting to just respond and wa- and knowing people are caring about me. So I really want to give them back like what they're giving me. I think just getting other people involved to help give you space. That's really good advice. And as a friend giving space. Yeah. And I also don't want this to, Work, make people nervous about their laboring experiences because I know that a lot of people listening to this are like first time mm-hmm. pregnant or or going through fertility and each of those journeys I want it to be in you know turned into something empowering because the learning and growing that I'm experiencing every day from this mm-hmm. I do believe is positive um and I want it to yeah, I want it to act as like that empowerment. You asked me before this, like, what would I have changed or told myself back in July going into this? And now that I know what happened and I wouldn't have chosen to have looked at this any differently going into it. I think it's really important to be mind, use your mind in like picturing what you want your laboring experience to be. Mm being knowledgeable about the chances of things that could happen, but really like empowering yourself to have the experience that you'd like to have and know that if it doesn't go to plan, there's places like this you can go to. There's so many, you know, you'll get through it. And and it wasn't your fault. It wasn't your fault. And it's not your body's fault. Yeah. So... That's what I just, I don't want it to be a, oh God, this is awful. I'm terrified now. Yeah. But life 
is risky inherently. Like mm-hmm. you can literally cross the road and get hit by a car. Like you can, like there's God forbid, but like, you know, th- anything we d- do that's worth doing comes with some inherent risk. Yeah. Including making tiny people. Especially making tiny people. <laughs> but they're so cute. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> you need to do more on how you're managing to have like four little tiny humans. Uh, managing? Managing. <laughs> God. Anyways, so thank you, Lex. We're gonna, we're gonna. I, I'm excited to to talk more in detail about now your experience recovering. You know, from a different kind of birth, and that's gonna be. You've got so many hot tips that I can't wait for you to share. So we're gonna talk about that in part two. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Nikki. Love you. Love you. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at WeGoTherePodcast and check out WeGoTherePodcast.com for more info.